0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Welcome back and thank you so much for joining us again as we continue our study on experiencing God's mercy and we are using Jonah as the prototype. This is the fourth week and I'm super excited that you've taken out the time to join us. In this study, God has been teaching us several things. I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but beyond my notes, as I begin to teach, I hear myself saying things. I didn't write down in my notes, revelations coming, and I'm thinking, wow, there is something indeed here when it comes to experiencing God's mercy. And if you're just joining us, I'll do a quick recap of where we have been so far in part One. we talked about, what the mercy of God is. We talked about what is mercy, you know, why God shows mercy, why are we interested in God's mercy, what are the benefits of God's mercy, what are the characters, characteristics of God's mercy and then also we talked about how to receive God's mercy and we said that one of the ways God's mercy comes to us is through his word. We moved on in chapter two uh, in part two and we began to look at the word of the Lord coming to Jonah. We said that the word of the Lord coming to Jonah was a result of the mercy of God. We said that that phrase itself in the word is about 200 times appears in the word of God and that up till now the word of God still comes to us. We talked about us receiving the word of God that sometimes we have to travel, we have to to a different place to hear the word of God as we see in the book of Acts that we can hear the word to God through music, through the words, through the scripture. It could come orally but everything should be judged by the written word of God. We said that it was the privilege of some of the Old Testaments to hear from God and as we as children of God today we have the written word of God where we can check. The Bible says it's a more sure word of prophecy. We said that the word of God is quick and is active that usually the word of God wants us to do something and sometimes that something is asking us to do might just be to wait which could. Sometimes be challenging for some of us. We have looked at the word of God. We have looked at Jonah. We've looked at the fact that it was mercy that made him experience all the things he was experiencing. But he didn't want this mercy to go to some other people. And that the Bible tells us that he got up and he, you know, took took a flight as far as possible in the opposite direction. We learned that even the things of the spirit and the things of the flesh make a war in our bodies in the different direction. As long as we are here, and that there is a need for us to. Continuously give in to the spirit, so as not to give on to the flesh. We learned that Jonah himself had been uh, he had prophesied before, so he had a record. He had a reputable ministry. He had said some things before that God had said, and it had come to pass. And here, by now, God had a different assignment for him. We said that the word of God that came to Jonah was an expression of the mercy of God. But Jonah didn't want to go. We said Jonah was traced to his family. You know his name. Jonah, meaning the dove, the minas, and we said a prophet, but he didn't want you. Sometimes we we're looking for some display. We went on further to begin to look at what the word of God that meant for him. He said that Jonah was not there the mercy of God, and that sometimes why we refuse to do things is because our plans do not align with God's plan, and sometimes there's a need for us. And then he, he actually bought the fair and he moved on. And we said that that happened. He had, was able to do a relocation because he did not understand the heart of God. And that there's a need for us to ask for God's heart as we desire that God does things for us. As As we begin to work with God, we need to have his heart because we do need his heart to do those things that he has asked us to do. Because that is what will keep us on at the long run. You know, when all of the excitement is over, what is going to keep us going is the word of God, is the heart of what God, the heart behind what God has asked us to do went on for the last week to find out that when Jonah decided to go ahead he paid his fare. He had enough money to pay the fare because that voyage itself was like a one year voyage. We said is it that Jonah had savings which is commendable as a prophet, or he was credit worthy but he was able to pay the fare and he was responsible enough to pay the fare. We said we should pay for the services we receive. We shouldn't think that we have some extra privilege and because we are maybe like I'm the man of God we refuse to pay. No, we should offer to pay and then if the people say no, don't pay for them, you know, then we could leave some of those services, but we shouldn't just come and take some things for granted. I remember clearly one time when I was in university, one of my, as it were leaders, you know, we got on the taxi together, and you know that this guy was just walking away, not wanting to pay, and I was wondering, why would you do that? I mean, I'm a student like yourself, just because you are, you know, so I I, I really appreciated the fact when I was looking and studying this to see that Jonah paid his fare, and we said that we're always going to pay, there's a price to pay for disobedience. Yes. And there's also a price to pay for obedience. They both cost the price and it's just a matter of what are we ready or willing to do. We said that the word of God could call us from complacency to a place of commitment. It said to Jonah, go. And that sometimes the word of God might not just be a go word; it might be a wait word as in stop, reduce all of this business. I want you to just stop, hold fire, that could be the word of God that could come to us. And then we 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 said that Jonah before had prophesied, and guess what? His ministry was credible. He had said things that had come to pass. And so today we would continue with our study. I mean, from all of this, one of the things, some of the things we've learned for about Jonah, he's, he's the son of Amita, that the word of the Lord had come to him before, and the word of the Lord was coming to him. We said that he had what he had prophesied before had come to pass. So he had a credible ministry, he had a successful ministry. In short, He was able to hear God and recognize God's voice. And that's something there. We said that he also did something about what he didn't want to do. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. So he did something about it. Because sometimes we want something to happen, but we're not willing or ready to do something about it. But when we see the life of Jonah, we see him as doing something about what he wanted to have. We've also said already that he was responsible as a prophet, he must have had savings. And we also said that Jonah was the only prophet in the Old Testament that God told to go and preach See the to, to, to the hidden. So God was giving him a new assignment. God was giving him a unique assignment. This was something nobody had done before. So it was peculiar to you, My child of God, what God might be asking you to do might be peculiar to you. It may be something that maybe for, for, for the meantime, you might think that nobody has done it before. But I tell you that if you check, you'll find out that maybe somebody else somewhere has started a seed, and God is just calling you to continue the work. And God just needs a man to continue what he wants us to do. And we said also that that we should learn to obey the obvious. Hallelujah! So let's let's go back now. Continue our study today. The Bible says that Jonah ran away from the presence of God. That was his plan. He planned to run away from the presence of God. Let's go back. Let us see it in the Amplified because I like the way Amplified puts it. So we're in Jonah chapter one verse three. The Bible says, "But Jonah ran away to Tarshish to escape from the presence of the Lord." And then in brackets it says, and his duty has his prophet. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tashish, which was the most remote of the Phoenician um, trading city. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So uh, sometimes begins to wonder, one begins to wonder, so why didn't Jonah want to do what God wanted him to do? Oh, he didn't want to go to the city of Nineveh. Well, there are several reasons. Some people might say, oh, it was a great city. It was a very wicked city. He didn't want to be caught up there. But if we we go further down the story, we'll find out that basically Jonah didn't want to go there because he felt that if he goes there and if which is rainstorm and fire and what if the people repent, God is going to show mercy and, and that's just it interestingly, that, that was the reason for his disobedience and, and child of God, sometimes the reason for our disobedience is we think we have a better plan than God, is that we think that God's plan is outdated, we think that God's plan is not fair, we think that God should do it another way, in another form, and so we do not want to cooperate with him because that's what we see happening here in the life of jenna it's just like please i cannot be bothered that's how we go there you know come and discredit my ministry as a prophet after i finish saying this and this and this will happen then it will not happen he was more concerned as it were about his reputation about you know about what it would mean to him my child of god anytime we are more concerned about ourselves than what God will come of well, see um, I think someone puts it in a very great way. He says that God can move through a man greatly who does not care who gets the credit. Who does not care? Who is going to say, oh, is this person that did it? No, no, no. We should learn to be people that the way we live our lives, when we work with people, we are ready to make others look good. We work with them. We make them look good. We make them, when people work with us, they, they live with a feeling of, you know, being, they, they felt good. They felt being shown in the good light. They may not have done everything right, but the way we portray them to the rest of the crowd made them look much better than they actually were. It's a way of adding value to people's lives. It's a way of, you know, calling people to a place of, of 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 responsibility because I mean, if you make me look good, I tell you the next time I want to do that thing, so that I'll really be a partaker of what I have posed as being. And um, if you look there, we find just Jonah not wanting to do what God wants to do, and that in itself is disobedience. And what is disobedience? Disobedience is when we put ourselves before God. And the Bible talks about stubbornness. I guess one of the things about disobedience, the Bible says, the Bible says, it's like the sin of idolatry. Let's turn our Bible is there, us on our Bible is there because it's a very, very important thing, you know. It's a very, very, very important thing. We see that happened in the life of Saul, and, and because that and because that happened in the life of Saul, God was unhappy with Saul, if we remember correctly. God was unhappy with Saul and says to him, and that's rebellion you're doing. So that's in the book of First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23 when there was, um, you know God had commanded to Saul he had given him a command, the word of the Lord came to him you know, through a prophet said go kill all the Amalekites and all of that but guess what Saul went and did what he wanted to do he got there, he spared some he spared the best of the sheep and everything that was useless and everything that was not really what he didn't bother but guess what the Bible says that when the prophet went to beat him he said hey what have you done you know and Saul was like oh I've done everything God said, and Prophet was angry, and he said, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from the being king." Okay, that's the King James version. Let's uh, read it in a more modern translation so that it uh, makes uh, sense to us. Because I know some people are wondering, "What exactly is that iniquity? What is that?" So let's look at it in the end and we find For rebellion is as serious as the sin of divination, which is forty telling. And disobedience is as serious as false religion and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you as king. So the Bible says here that when we disobey, be as it is like idolatry. And what is idolatry? When something is put ahead of God. And that's what happens. Because when we disobey, we're like, God, I'm not interested in your word. You move to this direction. It is what I want that is going to happen. You know, it is what I want to happen that's going to happen. And that's what we see here. Jonah he is not interested he's going to disobey and why do we do that sometimes because we think we know better than god we think that our plan the way we visit it is a better way than god but it says here let's look at the cv version i like the way it says it It says rebelling against god or disobeying him because you are proud is just as bad as worshiping idols or asking them for advice you refuse to do what god told you so god has decided that you can no longer be king Just that disobedience led to the end of Saul's kingdom. It didn't happen immediately, but that was it. God was not interested. You know, I was reading this morning as I was studying the word and just looking at the word and and, and listening to the conversation between and Moses and God in Exodus 33, 34. Oh, I have known you, and this and that, and how Moses used to go, and how God used to come to speak to him face to face in the tent and all of that. And the people of Israel, when they saw the, you know, they saw the cloud going down to the tent, how they used to worship from their from their doors. And I was just listening and reading, and I was just saying to myself, this was so, I was just thinking, as intimate as David Moses was with God, God did not take it lightly when he went and he struck the rock. I said, no, you're not going to that land. So I, I wonder when we're talking about the mercy of God, uh, one of the things we said at the very first beginning is that we should not misinterpret what the mercy of God is not. The mercy of God is not a seat for us to misbehave. Because when the Bible talks about the mercy of God, Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 that by the mercies of God, we should present our bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God. That is what the mercy of God should enable us to do. The mercy of God should enable us to live a life of obedience. The mercy of God should enable us to live the kind of life that pleases him, that will bring glory to his name. That is what the mercy of God is about. Because we see here that because of disobedience, Saul was told, that's the end of your kingdom. And so you can imagine, God didn't tell Jonah here, that's the end of your prophetic ministry. No, 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 no. It was the mercy of God. God's mercy upon the life of Jonah Made him to still continue. Made him to find it. Made him to find the. The made him to find that particular place. What was it called again? He found a ship, and he went down, and he was there. And we say that. uh, We look at what God was calling um, Jonah to do, it was something different. You know, previously according to prophesy to the children of Israel, you know, prophesy there will be a restoration, and what he prophesied in 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 24, eventually came to pass. But this time around, God was calling something different. We say sometimes. Our disobedience is because we have been called to do something new. Our disobedience because, oh, there's a new direction now. And, you know, this, funny enough, as I began studying this, happened for me because somehow I feel that some of the things I'm doing, there's a new direction. But somehow I just feel, oh, I like the old. I'm familiar with the old. Do I want to do the new? highest, this new thing? But every day it seems to me that, no, this is what you are supposed to do. And I'm getting that more convinced. And, and as I started studying the life of Jonah, you know, in this Jonah, um, the book of Jonah, I, I told myself, I said, listen, Grace, God called Jonah to do something different. Yes, he had done something great before. He had prophesied before and all of that. But this point in his life, what God was calling you to do was something different. And child of God, it may be that you are not experiencing peace because what God has called you to do right now is not something you are familiar with. But hey, hold fire, because if God has called you to do it, he will enable you to do it. Hallelujah. He will enable you to do it. If God has called you to do it, He's going to enable you to do it. It was something different. It was something unique. Different from what He had done before. This time around, God said, no, don't be a prophet anymore to... um, Don't be a prophet anymore to the people, yeah, the people you are familiar with, people that talk like you, walk like you, look like you, no, 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 I'm calling you to a different people, sometimes our prejudice stops us from getting the benefits of what God exactly is saying to us, so let's let's continue today, we've got a little bit of time, so let's just continue today and see how far we can push on in our study, so uh, let's see, Jonah ran away, we've talked about that, so we we'll go to the next verse, we're still looking at experiencing the mercy of God, experiencing God's mercy, and Jonah, as we know, is our prototype. So let's go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. Let's see what happens. Bible says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was likely to be broken. Um, let's see. Let's look for a more a more English, modern translation, so that we, we know what exactly that is talking about. Okay, let's look at the message. It says, But God sent a huge storm at sea. The waves tore in. The ship was about to break into pieces. So God sent a storm and as many of us are familiar with our Bibles, we are familiar with the fact that there are storms in the Bible. Storms happen. The fact that we're children of God did not stop us from storms. Storms happen. Even with the disciples and Jesus, storms happen. Remember when the disciples were told by Jesus, let's go over to the other side. And as they were going over to the other side, Jesus was sleeping with a pillow in the ship. And then there was a storm. And the storm was so terrible that they had to wake up Jesus. And oh, master, cares no doubt that we perish. And Jesus said, why are well, you of little faith? I thought we were going over to the other side. It doesn't matter what's going on between, in between. We are getting to the other side. Why? Because that is God's word. Hallelujah. That is God's word. So storms can come. Storms come in different ways. Sometimes the fact that what we are doing is that. So what, what I want to say is sometimes, you know, the storm could come as a result of disobedience. As you can see here, we see here that the storm came. Bible says God sent the storm. Some of the storms we experience could be God generated because God is trying to bring us back to pathway. God is trying to realign us again. So that's when the storm will come. Different things will happen. And, and today might be a good day for all to, to, Look at why do storms come, because sometimes we're always looking for the why, and in search of the why our hearts get despaired in search of the why, sometimes because we want to tie a reason down to everything, it's not possible that we will always have a reason to tie down to everything God can send storms we can also cause storms some of the decisions we make can cause storms in our life if we run through the credit card we're buying more than we can afford if we're living the kind of lifestyle and we're living on credit when it's time for bills to be paid and things to be paid back we might find ourselves in a financial storm that has been caused by us so I, I want to say here today that Bible says here that but God sent a storm so God can send a storm so let, let's look at let's, let's look at it so what are the ways that storms can cause one God can send a storm, and it could also be a reason. Uh, another reason is like from here that we can see God could be working to refine us. You know, if you look at the book of First Peter, chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been greeted by various, you've been greeted or pledged by various trials that the great genuineness of your faith. Be much more precious than gold can actually um, pierce through and be tested. In short, sure, I'm going to let's let's turn there so we can see it there because I can't see the verse what I have written fully. So let's turn our Bibles. I want us to turn to First Peter, chapter one, verse sixteen because that tells us uh, a reason for a storm. So let's let's look at that. i think sometimes why there could be a storm, and I think that's what's happening here. Even the life of Jonah, why there was a storm. There in the life of Jonah. Um, so it's first Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Rather, first Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Let's just see there. It says, For in this, in all this you greatly rejoice, doing knowing though now for a while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You know, that's what the Bible says. That you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Why? Why are we suffering grief? Why are the people here that Peter is talking to suffering grief in all types of trials? These have come so that so that the proving genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than good, which perishes, even though we find by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So a vision for a storm might be that God is working to refine us, to make us better people. It could also be that God is getting ready to show his people his glory. Remember the blind man in John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. You know, this man that was blind from death and the next thing, people are asking, oh, Jesus, why is this man blind? Is he his parents sin? Is it his sin and all of that? And Jesus said, Listen, it's for the glory of God. So there are some storms that will come so that God would reveal his glory. Another reason comes could come. It be that God could be showing us sometimes that He's enough. That God is enough. He's showing us that listen, I'm enough. And we see that when Paul, Apostle Paul was talking to God and it was like, Oh God, please, oh, take away this storm for me. And God says, Listen, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, I my weakness, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So that's another reason. Another visit which is one of the things we see here, is the fact that um, God is chasing us as he did to Jonah. And then sometimes, another visit is that sometimes God brings we bring storms. We've said so ourselves. So we need to confirm what is bringing this storm. Is it we causing the storm? And then sometimes we don't even know the reason. So let's let's do a brief recap of what can happen to storms, you know, the storms that we see in our life. We say, one, it will be God trying to show us, you know, his people, his glory. We see that we see the storm in the life of that man that was born blind. We said two, it could be God refining, you know, working to refine us as we see in First Peter chapter one, verse six. Sometimes it could be God actually showing us that is enough. We see that in second Corinthians chapter twelve verse 10 to ten. And then sometimes we say storms could be as a result of the chastising of God to his child. We see that in where we're reading today, Jonah chapter one verse four. And we say that sometimes it could be storms that we brought by ourselves. Honestly, I think this is also a joke. I will just try to illustrate that by talking about red credit card, being in financial trouble, and then also the fact that sometimes we do not know a reason. And I know that as human beings, we're always looking for, you know, what's the reason? finding reasons for things that did not happen, looking for some generational things, always trying to find a reason. Sometimes there could be no reason at all. Sometimes it could just be a call for us to be steady, you know, in our trust with God, you know. And, and then we see here that the storm, the Bible says says it threatening to break off the ship but well, the ship didn't break. That was the mercy of God. That was them experiencing the mercy of God. I've told you that this book of Jonah is about receiving God's mercy, receiving God's mercy, this book of Jonah. And we we, we continue to see here as we we read through the word that the, the Jonah someone will experience the mercy of God. If we go to the next verse, I'm looking at the time here. It says here that, and all the, the, the sailors, they were afraid and they began to call upon their God. And guess what they prayed about? They prayed to their God. Yes, they may not have been praying to a real God, but they prayed. And, and I tell you, child of God, we need to check ourselves. Do we pray? When do we pray? Do we pray only when there is trouble, when we're trying to come out of trouble? I mean, it's always great that the first place we turn to is the place of prayer. It's always good that the first place we, we, we go to is coming to the place of prayer before the presence of God. The Bible says that they 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 prayed. And then if we go on further, I think we'll see something that they did that I I learned from as I was studying this scripture. Because the Bible says they not only prayed, they liked in their sheep. I think I'm going ahead of ourselves because of our time. The Bible makes us understand that they prayed to their, they were all afraid, each of them, and they prayed. And when they prayed and trying to sort out things, guess what happened? They eventually found our Jonah. But you see, the storm that they were experiencing was something that come as a result of Jonah's And child of God, what does that tell us? It tells us that our lives are not independent at all. Our lives are connected. The lives that we live, the kind of life we live is going to affect the people around us. And that's what happened to Jonah. His life, the disobedience in his life affected the people around him. These people were not even family members. These were people who were, as it were, were travel mates. But because of Jonah, that was why the storm came. If Jonah had not been in that ship, you know, if Jonah was not on the path of disobedience, doing what God did not ask him to do, there would have been no storm at all. So sometimes a storm can come as a result of association, child of God. It may be the association of the people we are in, what they have done, you know, that's what's causing the storms we are in as a as as a result by virtue of the fact that we are with some people. And that's why the Bible tells us, you know, that the, the 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 disciples they kept company, they went back to their company, even when they were going through things, when they were beaten and all of that, they went back to their company and they were strengthened. And that's why the Bible tells us about evil communications corrupting good manners what kind of communications what kind of company do we keep because the company we keep might actually be a reflection of some of the kind of storms that we experience Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've run out of time today, but I think we've covered what we were meant to cover today. Just looking again, moving to the next person, looking at Jonah as someone who experienced the mercy of God. The Bible says that the sheep was threatening to break to pieces, but the sheep didn't break to pieces because of the mercy of God. God showed mercy on Jonah. God didn't just deal with him. He showed mercy on him. We've said today about storms and the different ways that storms will come in our lives and being able to begin to decipher the storm, uh, perhaps the kind of storm that we are going through to know what's, what, what exactly is going on this storm. Is this a storm that I have caused? Because if it's a storm that I have caused, then I can retrace my steps I can't surely retrace myself and do something about this thunder, of course, and ask for the mercy of God so that there will be a reversal because God delights in mercy. God delights in mercy. I love to say that again. And if we are his children, we should also delight in mercy. We should look for opportunities and ways to show mercy to people. It's not every time people do something wrong that they need to get the judgment and their rights due judgment for us. We should learn to be like our father. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter five, say, be merciful. You know that are those that are merciful why they will obtain mercy they would obtain mercy bible talks about god being merciful that he causes his son to shine on both the good and the bad you know the sun is not the sun you don't wake up in the morning and you see the sun thinking that oh the sun is going this way or going that way no 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 the sun shines equally on everyone it shines on both the good and the bad and i think we're just going to end here today uh in this our study we come again but we just want to pray today and and let's just ask the Lord to help us you know when it comes to this mercy, that oh, will help us to help us let's ask the Lord to help us that every storm that perhaps we have caused let his mercy prevail and come over our lives to help us let's pray that perhaps for storms that's as it were are being caused by him. Storms are being orchestrated by him. That God will grant us the grace to grow through. Remember what the word says in Psalm 84, verse 11, that he gives grace and glory. So there is grace before glory comes around. There is grace before glory comes around. After the grace, there's going to come the glory. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the integrity of your word. We thank you for the things that you have shown us again in your word. We choose to be merciful because you are merciful. Lord, we speak to every storm, Father, that anyone is going to. We ask for grace. We ask for wisdom. We ask God that you will help us, Lord, for the right direction. And Lord, is there any way we are being disobedient? Spirit of God, we ask for forgiveness. We ask that you show us that we make amends. Let your name be glorified, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. And we amen. hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.